Okay, welcome to the next episode of Supply Chain Next. Uh, I'm Richard Donaldson, and I am really excited today uh, to have Susie Bodner on today. Um, hey, Susie. Hi there. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time and joining our podcast today. Really excited to get going. Um, so much to get into, so I'm just going to launch right into sort of the beginning uh, part of it. Part of this is, um, you know, would love to hear a little bit about yourself. Uh, would love to hear, hear a little bit about um, just your journey and path. You've got a, such a fascinating background as I look through from both where you've lived and then how you've kind of migrated up through supply chain, uh, you know, from Budapest all the way to now Chicago. So what a story. Please, please let us know your background. <laughs> Thank you so much for the invite. First of all, it's, it's quite an honor. And uh and uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here and I am very excited to be in supply chain and logistics. I always have. I've been in this industry for 15 years and, uh, you know, it, uh, I am originally from Hungary, northern Hungary. I was born and raised there and I uh, finished my, my bachelor's and master's degrees there in Hungary, um, a wonderful education. And so I have a business degree, which is quite a good base for supply chain, but I, I didn't uh, specify my degree for supply chain and logistics. I had several classes in that topic, but I didn't know I was going to end up in this industry. And I think that happens to most of us supply chain professionals. We somehow just fall into it and then fall in love with the industry and stay here. So um, I was 25 when I moved here to the U.S. and uh, started my career first in uh, freight forwarding, international freight forwarding. So I worked for uh, a freight forwarder called Schenker which is owned by Deutsche Bahn, the German Railways. And it's a, it's a large company and it was very exciting. First, I did air export in Cincinnati, Ohio. And then I was moved to do ocean import at the Rotterdam, Netherlands office, which was located at Europort, which was at that point the second largest port in the world. Since then, many Asian ports have taken over with all the infrastructure being built. Uh, but Rotterdam, Europort is still quite large it's about as big as a city just just the port itself so it was really cool to work there and uh, you know I was I was an entry-level person I was filling out bill of ladings um, but uh, I had you know containers and I I had customers and uh, one time that, and I shared this often I teach classes at universities as an adjunct professor and I share this often my students love the story um, <laughs> uh, I had one year in 2007, we had uh, containers on a vessel called uh, MSC Napoli, and that ship capsized off the coast of England. Oh and I, had, uh, I actually had uh, containers on there with my customers straight in there. And, um, and so that's when I learned that supply chain is, is closely tied with insurance yes. <laughs> and, uh, and INCO terms. That's when, you know, I, I learned about INCO terms in school, and this is when I really learned what they mean. Um, so um, it's just fascinating, in my opinion, you know, that there's never a dull moment. There's always something happening. Um, and so after that, I, uh, you, I was moved locations. I, I moved locations within the country. And so I started a new job at Lincor Supply Chain Group, which is a third party logistics provider. Uh, they do um, transportation management as well as uh, warehouse management. And then they also have a consulting and a training arm. Um, and um, I was at that company for 10 years for a long time. So I would say I grew up professionally there. And I was extremely fortunate to work for a leader, a CEO called Robert Marichenko, um, who is a, a visionary person. He's also very much um, supportive of CSCMP. He was a, a regional advisor uh, for the organization and uh, also, he's a Distinguished Service Award winner. Um, so he's a very much, very respected person in the industry. Is, is um, that how, sorry to interrupt, but was that how you got introduced to CSMP at the that, time? That's, that's how I got okay. introduced, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I, in my opinion, it's important for someone to be interested in supply chain and wanting to get involved, but it will really work if you, if you have a leader that is supportive of this endeavor um, because, you know, I was a young professional. I was in my, you know, late twenties, early thirties. Um, and, and my company supported me. They let me go to roundtable events. They, they paid for my 
conference attendance um, and so that that's quite an um, an investment by a company into a person and uh, I really appreciated that I never forget that for sure mm -hmm. so that's how I got involved with CSCMP and that's also how I learned a lot I I also learned how to uh, do a consulting in supply chain as well as training um, so and uh, my lean continuous improvement focus comes from lean core that's where I learned what that means and it's really not just getting a green belt um, certification it's more of a cultural uh, thing mm -hmm. you learn that by working in a lean culture for mm -hmm. leaders that are people focused continuous improvement focused leaders um, and so I, I think I'm extremely lucky that I, I was able to learn that at lean core and then and then um, I went to Ace Hardware for two years. I was at Ace Hardware, and that's because I wanted to learn warehousing uh, and hmm. what what happens in a warehouse and with the appointments and at the receiving dock and at the shipping dock. And, so did you, did and, you? Sorry to jump in on that one again. That's an interesting thing because you you're mm -hmm. very um, surgical in your approach. And so, how 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 did you choose Ace? versus say anyone else? Did you focus on them or did you do a selection process on, on what you wanted to learn in warehousing, say versus say a, a Walmart or at the time, you know, it might be a bit nascent like an Amazon warehousing. What, what, what was it about Ace that made you want to go there? Oh, well, um, in my opinion, a career is health, have 50% about knowledge and opportunity and 50% about people um, and who you work with. And so um, there, I had a very, inspiring leader at Lincoln who then moved to Ace Hardware ah. and, and then um, you know he approached me and, and um, that that's how I ended up at Ace Hardware and so I really wanted to learn about um, warehousing but I also really loved it at Lincoln so it was a very very hard decision but I think that there always comes a point in, in everyone's life where um, when you just want to learn um, you you go to towards the opportunities that allows you to learn more, and that's that's my one guiding principle in life is is learning. I I shared that at the conference opening speech last year where you and I met, Richard. Yep. Um, is that my father taught me and my siblings this? Uh, he would always tell us that you have to study hard because knowledge is the only thing in life that no one can take away from you. Great word. And uh, yeah, and then I live by that, you know, I, I always have, it kind of became part of who I am. Hmm. Fantastic. And, and, and so then that lean core kind of led you into then um, an ACE, and then mm -hmm. from ACE that led you into what you're doing now at, at Four Kites, right? Yeah. And then between the ACE and Four Kites, I actually did a, a short consulting uh, work for Microsoft, um, for Microsoft Software D365, and I was a change management consultant. Hmm. And so change management is interesting because it's almost exactly like lean and continuous improvement. And so it was a very natural fit, and I was able to do that really well. Um, and right now in my role at Link, at uh, Forecast, it, it comes in really handy as well, uh, the, the change management focus. Oh, and I, I get certified <clears throat> with ProSci, uh, which is a, a, an awesome organization that gives uh, change management certification. So um, love that stuff. Oh, that's awesome. That's a, what, what, a, what a great background. And, 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 you know, again, credit to, well, first of all, credit to your father and parents, right? Uh, those are fantastic words to live by and couldn't agree more. I mean, knowledge is everything. And especially in today's world that's so dynamic, and even in the area of supply chain innovation and change, there is a dynamic nature that is now coming into supply chain in all aspects of enterprises where things are going to be changing at a very rapid pace. And mm -hmm. so what you know today is going to change within 12 months, right? Or 24 months or something like that. Mm -hmm. So to stay ahead of that, to surf that trend, to be on that wave, you have to embrace the surfboard of knowledge. You have to embrace the ability to, you know, be always learning, to be always striving to, you know, pushing yourself because um, that's the kind of world that we live in. Um, and those people that embrace that, embrace change and are motivated to learn and explore, they'll be rewarded. And, and you're obviously living that. So that's awesome. That's just awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Super cool. So, so, so let me, let me shift in then to, to, um, so throughout that experience, 
you know, you, and, 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 and again, I think you're absolutely right. And, and I don't think there's a single person that I've talked to in my experience that haven't said the same thing that they didn't necessarily start looking for supply chain. They fell into it, but yeah. once they fell into it, they stayed right. And you're another testament. That. What, what have you seen, right? Um, Cause it's going to lead me into kind of the trends that you're seeing in with the conference and CSMP and the organization. But um, you know, as you've kind of progressed over these last 15 years, what overall have you seen in the kind of makeup of supply chain professionals? And this is because I think you are also on the leading edge as a person um, that's driving change, that's looking for change and innovation, but it's not the norm. You, you're kind of breaking the mold a little bit, right? Um, so what have you seen in your progression in your career? And, you know, how is that, how is that, you know, how are people affected? How are the trends within supply chain being affected? You know, what's different between when you started versus where you are now as you observe supply chain? Yeah, you know, that's, that's such a great question because it makes me think like really what is, what is the difference in us supply chain professionals versus others in the world mm-hmm. uh, who are <clears throat> respective professionals in their own uh, realm of, of knowledge? And in my opinion, so I've been going to this conference, the CSCMP Edge Conference, for ten more than t- 10 years now. And I, I meet people. I mean, thousands of people at that conference. And then at the local level, I am involved in the local chapters, board of directors, and we organize events every month. So I meet people at those events every month. And so I, um, I was able to formulate this knowledge of or, or understanding of what makes a supply chain professional different. And it is, <clears throat> we are data focused we are numbers people we are logical Mm -hmm. logistics logic right we're logical people Mm -hmm. uh, and we are process focused so when something goes wrong we don't go to the whose fault is is this we don't go to the uh this is broken throw this away buy a new one what we do is what are the steps a a through z one two three four what were the steps of the process where did it break how can we fix it? And we do this in, in minutes or days. Um, and that's a mindset uh, that all of us have. And so um, now in this recent COVID crisis, you know, we were really busy. Supply chain professionals were extremely busy. In fact, um, warehouse workers and truck drivers were frontline essential workers uh, who were even at the midst of the virus outbreak were out there risking their lives basically. Uh, delivering food and picking picking food so we can buy cheese at the grocery store, right? So um, supply chain professionals are are very process focused, and and that that makes um, a big difference because then we don't we don't panic, you know, we we get it done. Um, just uh, this is a really interesting example in a recent webinar. I show I shared this. Um, so at Forecast, we follow the data trends. And what we saw recently was at the beginning of the COVID crisis, we had really, really high traffic um, and a lot of appointments going into facilities. Okay, so that- High high traffic for the actual shipping, the stuff that's going on? Yeah, so especially in food and beverage, Mm -hmm. really high traffic for uh, uh, appointment times for deliveries. But the the wait times uh, went down. So the amount of time these trucks were idle at the warehouse locations were shorter. And the minute this high traffic kind of relaxed in the late April or May timeframe when when, um, everything started going back to normal, um, the number of appointment times went down and there was less um, product uh, shipped, but um, but the appointment times, the dwell times, what we call them, uh, the amount of times that they wait at the at the facility mm-hmm. went up. Hmm. Isn't that interesting, right? So what does that mean? It means that we get it done. Supply chain professionals, uh, no matter in what portion of the supply chain we work at, we are like the light switch to the electricity, right? Um, mm-hmm. You just switch it on and we get it done, no matter mm-hmm. what. Well, and, and, and I was going to say, as you were kind of going into that, and that's a really interesting example uh, again, we're data insights. So start at the beginning, incredible observations into the just nature of the supply chain professionals being practical, being grounded, being data driven, um, because, you know, their job responsibility is to maintain the central nervous system of not only the business, mm-hmm. but quite frankly, the world, 
right? If the supply chain falls apart, as we know now and have seen it and it's front and center, although it's always been there, the world kind of stops. Right. And therefore you can't, you know, you need to maintain that health. You need to maintain, you know, you don't have, you don't have the luxury of being prone to, you know, emotional kind of driven stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very, very, uh, um, um, you know, it's so essential that, you know, you just, and the professionals are, you know, constantly looking to remove risk, constantly trying to stay lean, understand the importance of what they do. And it's a mentality. So, I mean, that incredible observation there. Um, And and, and I just wanted to add one more, because there's another side of the coin here. uh, Is that the people element of supply chain professionals. And that is the collaborative nature of us that we all do and and the communication and the um, really, really high level of of uh, collaboration. I, I just come back to this word. It's um, supply chain professionals are fun. You know, if you come to our conference, you'll see that we, we you know, we have a lot of fun um, and we are people. And mm-hmm. because this industry is I told you it's process driven mm-hmm. and processes are done by people. And also I always tell everyone, you know, companies don't do business with companies. It's people right. that right. do business with people. And right. so the people skills of, uh, of supply chain professionals is, is remarkable. And I find that I tell my students that, you know, um, you will, you will shine mm-hmm. if you're good at, you know, writing emails that don't look like a text message. You will shine if you know how to sh- uh, shake someone's hand and look into their eyes. Um, at the end of the day, this is a people-focused business as well. Absolutely. And I think, I think the, the words that come to my mind is supply chain professionals are the quiet professionals. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind, of, I'm kind of riffing on the, uh, the, the special forces to some extent who are always referred to as the quiet professionals, the people that just get the work done, that just get the job done, but they don't look for notoriety or fame. Mm-hmm. And supply chain professionals are very much like that, right? They're just the no-nonsense, get stuff done, right? Um, which is really refreshing within the organization. And quite frankly, I would even contend, and I'm, I'm, I would ask you this as a question as well too, it's almost like we're entering the era of the supply chain professional. You know, in my career, um, and it sounds like yours too, I don't think there's been as much emphasis on supply chain as we're seeing now within the enterprise as compared to other organizational silos like sales or marketing or finance, uh, or even HR for that matter. It, it really feels like, now is the era of supply chain. How, how, do, how do you think about that? That is, that is definitely true. Um, many of the CEOs of large publicly traded companies are coming out of the supply chain org, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that there's a reason for that. And that's because a supply chain, a, a chief supply chain officer eventually essentially sees what happens in the entire org, mm-hmm. not only the finance part, not only the marketing part, but the entire system right um because like like i said we we are the end of the entire process let's say we're a manufacturer that sells shoes Mm -hmm. the supply chain logistics and the delivery at the end is the moment of truth when the customer receives the order receives the order of 100 units is that on time is it in full and uh, and how was the customer service experience that that is the supply chain arc um, that made it happen um, and of course, hand in hand with marketing, as well as finance, as well as uh, HR and everyone else, mm-hmm. uh, accounting. But um, but but uh, there's a newfound, newly found uh, appreciation for the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, what we see with our students, which is really interesting. I've had students. Um, I've managed them as part of the conference for the past decade, and they've always been really really uh, intelligent students because they are scholarship winners that come to the conference. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, they are getting better year after year. Hmm. Year after year, the good students uh, are are part of supply chain and they are um, finding jobs even before they, way before they graduate, most of them. They're in high demand. Even the ones that maybe don't have the best grades, even they have, uh, they find the job. So, that um, and what I see is, you know, when I graduated in 2005 with my master's, I, there was no such thing as a supply chain uh, major right. or a logistics major. And now there are many universities, you know, University of Tennessee, um, uh, 
Penn State, Ohio State, a, a lot of really good schools, Michigan State, um, mm-hmm. a, a lot of really good schools are now um, building their support, uh, offering that supply chain. Um, yeah, yeah, a- absolutely. And again, I think you're spot on. Not only are you a living testament of the rise and importance uh, and, and we'll call it the significance of supply chain, but then you're also, you know, seeing it firsthand in the next generation of supply chain professionals through your teaching and professorship, um, which I want to come back to, but I want to kind of shift into a little bit of the CSCMP because that's a, you know, my, you know, I, I personally, uh, you know, have participated in a number of conferences uh, in supply chain uh, with the objective of trying to find where um, the, 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 the broadest reach, the most diverse group, and quite frankly, the, 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 the conference organization that embodies what I think is, is happening, which is kind of marshalling along the change and the innovation and you know, bringing those conversations together. And in my opinion, I found CSCMP to be the premier conference. So, mm-hmm. so what, not, you know, to, <laughs> you already know that because you work there. Um, mm-hmm. But tell me just, you know, because you've been with it for about 10 years, how has CSCMP even changed? How has the organization changed? How has it changed both as a conference organization in the last 10 years reflecting all the dynamic nature of supply chain and its increased importance and then secondarily or maybe even the first part to the question is how does CSCMP compare against other conferences because I'm sure you're aware of the other conferences and you know you know that are out there but what's different about CSCMP in your opinion that that stands out yeah what's different about this organization is that it's it's an end-to-end focus and so it's it's not only purchasing or or inbound supply chain it's it's not only a sales focus it's not a trade show it's an educational conference and the roots of CSCMP are in the academic community so the Mm -hmm. first day of our conference on Sunday before Mm -hmm. uh, everything starts Monday morning the entire day of Sunday is dedicated to our academics and doctoral symposium Mm -hmm. Um, and so Uh, It's very deeply rooted in the knowledge base of our academics, Mm. uh, which in my opinion uh, sets us apart. And also it's an end-to-end focus, so including global supply chain, warehousing, logistics, transportation, um, you know, uh, sales and operations planning, SNOP. All the way to disposition. All the way to, you know, reverse logistics, sustainability. Yeah. So so it's very much end-to-end. And it is it is the gold standard for for being in this profession, right? Um, so just recently t- was talking to some of my some of my mentors and friends in this industry, and and they said, you know, if I ask someone, oh, what do you do? They go, I work in supply chain, and then I ask them, so what did you think of the conference last year? And then if they look at me with the questions in their eyes, what conference? Um, that that that's uh, that, that's not. You know, that means that they are really not in the mainstream of supply chain, right? right. Um, so we, but uh, what I've seen in the past 10 years is that the organization is evolving mm-hmm. and it's made up, the board of directors is made up of, of um, agile and innovative people who have their roots and experience in this industry, mm-hmm. uh, many decades of, of experience. So what they are doing, what the board is doing, and I had the privilege of sitting on that board for a year as conference chair last year. Uh, I'm telling you, it was certainly a privilege um, to sit in that room in those board meetings with extremely distinguished professionals. Um, mm-hmm. And then me there as a, as a young professional, uh, it was just very fulfilling. And um, But what I, I know what the board has been doing in the past 10 years, and mm-hmm. they are looking forward they are changing our um, our focus every uh, you know every step of the way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the organization changed names uh, twice you know in the past fifty five years, and that's not for fun. That's because they saw that uh, CLM, the Council of Logistics Management, back you know in the eighties and nineties, uh, that that changed then um, to CSCMP because supply chain as a term was coined. Mm. Right. Uh, and then also about, uh, let's see, I think, yeah, right around nine years ago or 10 years ago, when I started get be, being active in the organization, uh, we created the Young Professional Committee. Hmm. And CSCMP was the first supply chain association that actually created a board position for hmm. a young professional uh, member. And and now we have a committee and every roundtable in the entire country 
has a young professional um, leader and we put up young professional events uh, and because because the future leaders of our industry are important mm -hmm. uh, to us and so that was also quite visionary in my opinion mm -hmm. and in general um, just one more note on this is you know what we learned was that um, just publications and white papers and academic uh, just uh, materials in general are are not enough anymore it may have been okay um 15 20 years ago but mm -hmm. now we have something called the internet and you know anything that's written there must be true right and obviously we all love it but uh but uh, there is something else that an association like CSCMP offers other than just um, knowledge materials, knowledge base, and that is the access. Mm -hmm. That is the access to other professionals. Mm -hmm. That's the access to the premier league, so to say, mm -hmm. uh, and the networking and, and this professional family. Absolutely. And, 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 and there's, something, there's, there's something in there that you touched on and you talked about the evolution of um, or the, I, I guess, the anal analogous evolution of CSCM CSCMP as a reflection of the industry, because just like supply chain when it was first coined back in the you know, 60s or, or whenever it was, mm -hmm. um, it was mostly focused on logistics very early on, right? And logistics tends to be, even to this day, oftentimes kind of conflated as just being supply chain, where supply chain is so much more. So mm -hmm. where I'm headed with the question, which was you know, incredibly astute observation as well from your point of view, and what, what also I think is a differentiator for CSCMP is the holistic view of supply chain. Mm -hmm. So in a way, it feels like the definition of supply chain is being rewritten mm -hmm. as we sort of see it to be all encompassing, to go from raw materials all the way through circular economy concepts, right? To really look at everything from buy, manage, and sell uh, in the continuum, and even even more now, uh, connective tissue into, you know, what happens after you're done with all the things that you use? How do you get into sustainability and circular concepts and stuff like that? So it feels yeah. like the, you know, for a long time, people were looking at just a sliver or a slice of supply chain, whether it was logistics or payments or, you know, warehousing or something like that. But now people are in a way, redefining it to be, you know, truly start to finish, right? Uh, from raw materials all the way through the the the, the reverse logistics or disposition cycle, mm -hmm. and that seems like a new thing to some extent. Not not new, but almost like it's kind of like we're you know we're revisiting the definition, stating what it is, and it's opening up then an an arena for a lot of innovation that mm -hmm. spans all of supply chain, not just logistics. How how do how do you see that? Yes, no, that's a wonderful point. And, you know, the customer expectations are changing. Uh, our customers are, are becoming more socially aware, more environmentally aware. Mm -hmm. And, and um, you know, the prices, they are price sensitive. Uh, maybe in the past, uh, they were not as price sensitive because the, the, um, they didn't have that many choices. But now it's a whole different world. Um, so, so we have to collaborate between all of our departments in our companies to make sure that uh, that we deliver to these customer expectations that are changing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so what we learned is that it's not enough to make a really great product. Mm -hmm. You have to, and I actually have friends who tried to start businesses and they had this great product and everyone was completely uh, just... Um, all over the place, uh, all uh, over the moon by the product, and they couldn't deliver that to the customers that wanted it, to the business uh, flock. So, so we can't. It's not enough anymore to just have a really good product. All of a sudden, you have to create a distribution channel now. You have to understand your e-commerce strategies right from the get-go. Um, it's not enough to just have a really good marketing campaign. Um, you, so we have to work hand in hand. And I think that's, that's something new. Collaboration is, is somewhat new. Mm -hmm. um, you know, here at Forecast, we offer visibility. That is something new, which, you know, it would blow your mind. But honestly, when I started, that visibility was phone calls. Right. Where, where is my container? Where is the ship? Let me call it for you. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, 
and to this day that is the case sometimes and when people don't use technology uh, for visibility and so uh, absolutely, you're right, is that um, now supply chain is all encompassing. Mm-hmm. I often, um, you know, this is this is something I learned at LeanCore, is that the way we think of supply chain is as an orchestra and a conductor. So if you think of orchestra, the orchestra members, and, and I'm a big fan of the symphony and classical music, so um, <laughs> that's, that's why probably is one of my favorite examples is that if you think of the orchestra and the different instruments, right? The cello, the bass, the, mm-hmm. the drums, the percussion, the violin, those are all the different sections of your business, transportation, mm-hmm. warehousing, finance, um, all of these functions, um, uh, planning. And then the conductor is the supply chain management. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's all of us who are making sure that everyone is playing their part. No one is playing too loud or too, too, uh, perfectly mm-hmm. uh, it, it has to be in and if you ever sang in a choir played in an orchestra i, I did um you are never listening to yourself you're always mm-hmm. listening to the one sitting next to you mm-hmm. and that's how a beautiful symphony is born that's a great example and and i mean but just i mean completely random but uh you just make me think of uh, uh i had the pleasure of being able to go visit the opera house in vienna oh wonderful which practically next door to where you are and I don't know if you've been there but that 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 similarly made me fall in love with opera and classical music right Mm -hmm. just the 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 beauty of it the 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 diversity of it the you know the when and when it like you said when it comes together it is beautiful music right that's a great analogy for supply chain that's I I really like that let me let let me let me shift now a little bit into kind of looking forward because Clearly now, you know, you, you know we've, we've got these trends, right? I think your career spans some of these trends. The evolution of CSCMP, you know, follows these trends, which is that supply chain, you know, has kind of, I don't want to say bumped along, but in the last 10, 20, 30 years has kind of, um, you know, been, been this incredible uh, piece of the puzzle uh, that people have just overlooked forever. It's almost like I, sometimes I make the analogy to, you know, like, you know, chiropractic or spinal health, right? More often than not, no one even cares about that stuff, even though it's one of the most critical things in your body. Um, you know, and, and there's sort of a rise now and people even looking at chiropractic health and spinal health and stuff like that, right? So uh, yeah. we've forgotten even that in our own, in our own uh, health system. So coming back in here now, looking forward though, uh, you know, and, and supply chain now is becoming prominent. We see it in the conference. We see it in the role that you're playing. Uh, even the stuff that we're doing, there's more innovation. And then all of a sudden, COVID comes around, Mm. right? So, you know, in one sense, it seemed like there was a natural um, groundswell uh, building around supply chain pre-COVID, right? That was the feeling I got in the conference last year is that, you know, supply chain was kind of everything. And then all of a sudden COVID comes along. What do you think COVID's done to that trend? What do you think COVID is actually, how has it materially affected supply chain overall? And, and what was happening to supply chain kind of pre-COVID? Yeah, so, I mean, supply chain has been <clears throat> always, uh, like you said, it was in the forefront and it was a, a, an important part of the business, but uh, people didn't know. So if, if I ever told people I worked in supply chain, they essentially didn't know what that meant. So I had to keep uh, explaining for another four or five sentences <laughs> before they understood what I did. Um, and now, now everybody has been hearing that term on the news. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there was there was no hand sanitizer, there was no paper products. There was, and um, why isn't it in the store? Does that mean the end of the world? Do I have to stock <laughs> up on things because I have to bake my own bread from now on? And, the one, <laughs> and I have to tell you that I I probably was the only person in my little grocery store here that wasn't panic buying. Right. Everyone was panic buying, and I wasn't because I knew that the paper products are in those warehouses. I've spent my previous two years in Ace Hardware warehouses, um, and and I know where we are. I have friends in warehouses. They told me just a couple months before COVID hit. I talked to them often. They're my friends through CSCMP. I said, "How is business going?" And they told me, "Susie, the um, space is at a premium." Our warehouses are full to the brim. They are bursting at the seams. If you need space in a warehouse, you're going to pay premium price. So I knew that our warehouses were full. It's just the supply chain. So what we did was uh, we experienced the bullwhip effect in real life that we learned about the supply chain 101, right? When demand for 
for a product that normally has pretty flat demand, like paper products or hand sanitizer, yeah. when that spikes, the supply chain is, is just not able to react because, because it's set up to deliver every four weeks or every six weeks. And so it takes a while for that shortage to backfill. And then the panic buying is inflating the demand. And then if, if you don't uh, learn how to plan for that, uh, and then you start backfilling that demand, then um, your shelf will be full of paper products for a very long time because no one is really buying that increased demand. Um, and so it, this, is, this is a really interesting concept. You know, we, we teach this with the beer game that was invented at MIT a long time ago. And to this day, it's a, it's a really educational game. Um, uh, it's called the beer game. And now, nowadays you can play it on, on the computer. Students love it. Uh, but what we saw was basically the real life, real life. Um, uh, <laughs> basically, we saw this in real life. Mm-hmm. How was this happening? Yep. Well, it started, it, 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 okay, so, and, 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 and you know, it, it, looking again out kind of forward a little bit. So COVID comes along, and I think, I think we've all seen very much the same thing, where uh, pre-2020, it felt as if there was this uh, um, natural evolution or focus within the enterprise to come to supply chain, you know, because people for the last 20 years or 30 years have been focused on sales and marketing and HR even, but supply chain hasn't had that same kind of, you know, largely because, or same kind of emphasis because, you know, it's one thing that you don't want to touch, right? I don't want to, I don't want to operate on my spinal column for fear of just, you know, debilitating the body, right? It's the last thing you want to do. Um, but the, we no longer had that luxury. So it was sort of naturally happening. Anyways, then COVID comes along and now everything is thinking, everyone's thinking supply chain and the recognition, right? The visibility, the transparency only f- uh, um, lets the rest of the world realize that there's a lot of, a lot of improvement opportunity with supply chain, you know, with innovation and technology. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. But instead of there now being hesitancy, everyone's demanding it, right? Which is a really great thing. So, you know, kind of coming out of COVID, it feels like it's, it's, it's only accelerated, right? Where you might've seen a cycle of four or five, six years for change. I think those things are now going to be done in the next 12 to 18 months. Yes, definitely. And also the planning for, for a disaster or a disruption, right. risk management, which is part of our supply chain discipline, risk management, that obviously has a big focus now, but, you know, other companies that, let's say, are based in Japan or, or other parts of the world where earthquakes are, are pretty um, often happening, they, they, have, they had these plans in place and mm-hmm. they were able to react within hours to, to a, a change demand pattern or a, or a workforce, workforce reduction or uh, lines being shut down real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I am optimistic because... Even even companies that were not ready for a disruption like this are now ready for the next one. Mm-hmm. They built their plans. They understand what happened, especially in their supply chain, and um, and and they will be they will be prepared. And I that's what I tell my young professionals. You know, you guys are lucky that you lived through this or are living through this because mm-hmm. you will know what to do. You will know what not to do. Mm-hmm. You um you know you're prepared. And the other thing is you know data focus and the technology uses of technology in forecasting and, and demand planning it, you know companies just cannot do this with excel sheets anymore is what we learned right right, right? so so the use of technology um uh, understanding your supply chain having a good visibility into what's happening is is just essential and i think uh, maybe we needed this to understand but i, I believe many companies were understanding that um for a while now, but it's definitely accelerated. And another thing is, you know, I mentioned collaboration earlier. Those are the companies who came out of this winning, the ones mm-hmm. that were able to collaborate and switch. So as an example, we saw carriers who were, you know, um, dedicated to automotive and they had, they had contracts tying them to automotive customers and they had wonderful connections to those customers, but the automotive production shut down for several weeks, months. So those, those carriers that were able to then switch over the capacity to food and beverage, and they, they had those connections and they were able to haul those loads, um, 
came out of this this crisis a little a little better. Um, so, uh, you know, we we saw some of that capacity uh, flowing over to food and beverage, and that was really good. Yeah, it was great. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, you know, technology, innovation, the pace of change, the emphasis—I mean, all great things. Again, kind of really, you know, signifying that. You know, if 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 you were if and and also to your students, right? People who are thinking about this or listening to this, right? If 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 there was ever any inkling to go get into supply chain right now, now is the time to do it, right? I mean, it could, you couldn't have a better professional. Well, okay, there's all sorts of different professional things, but you know, we're a bit biased here. But I would I would echo the same thing to anybody who's in in undergrad. You know, what do I want to do? It's like if you haven't thought about supply chain, that is a incredible opportunity for you to not only learn everything about business, but, you know, fill in an area that is going to be incredibly important for the next five to 10 years. And, you know, it's, it's fun, you know, it's, it's really fun because yep. there's always a problem to solve. I often call it the 3D puzzle or a Rubik's cube. Rubik was a Hungarian engineer, by the way. So <laughs> cheers to Hungary. Um, but, uh, but so, yeah, so there's always a problem to solve. And we know that humans know most permanently and most effectively when they're solving problems. So you will always be solving problems here. And that means you'll always be learning. So it's a fulfilling career and area. Yeah. Well, let's, let, let me shift in. We've got a few minutes. We've got about you know, five minutes left. So a couple of things I want to kind of like look a little bit forward. How, how is CSMP going to react this year to being a virtual conference? You know, what's, what's, you know, what's, what's in the store? I know you're no longer chairing, but you're certainly you know, hugely involved. How do you see the conference evolving in this new world this, this year or over the next couple of years? And then secondarily, you said something really interesting that I want to touch on is also about the conference and how it is evolving is that, you know, when you look across all the supply chains of the world, all the companies that have supply chain teams, you know, there's pockets of best practices, right? Um, you mentioned the, you know, Southeast Asia used to uh, uh, weather patterns that necessitate, you know, uh, rapid reaction to, you know, whether it's uh, typhoons or earthquakes or whatever. Um, but you know, if you look around all the different supply chains, there's really some great innovation, little distinct parts and little distinct industries all over there. And if you were to bring them all together, the power of that collaboration would propel supply chain overall, I think, faster. So the inherent question in there around you know, how the conference is adapting to COVID and then evolving is how, how are you pulling together all of these pieces? Because you, you kind of touched on that. Like if we really... You know, put the puzzle together with all these incredibly bright uh, 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 initiatives, best practices, or professionals, and really got them together to talk about how to affect supply chain overall across industry, you know, the global supply chain, it would be incredibly impactful. How, 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 do, you, how do you translate that into the conference and what you guys are doing and expanding? Yeah, so, you know, putting together a conference with over 200 educational sessions across three days uh, is definitely not a small feat. So no. our first planning session for, let's say, the 2020 conference was in September of 2019 at the conference. So it, it's a whole year's worth of planning the, the conference committee, which consists of uh, eight to 10 um, professionals, dedicated professionals who are doing this um, voluntarily and for free and as, as a as a um, additional thing to their daily job mm -hmm. um, and and most of us have been on this conference committee for a long time so it's been a it's been a, a long um, evolving process you know and um, the virtual element was somewhat of a curveball for us this year obviously it was for everyone but uh, we're making the best of it. The sessions, I'm working with the track chairs who are individuals who are responsible for about six sessions per track, right? And they all have their topics. And, you know, we had a meeting in Orlando in January, which was right before everything started. And we were so hopeful, the beautiful Gaylord property where we were gonna have a conference ready for us. Um, but, um, you know, the virtual, element is going to be different it's not going to be the same but it will be very similar and maybe maybe we will learn something you know um and so it, there will be networking there will be um uh, all of our sponsors will still get their um uh, signage in front of the attendees uh, but the educational sessions are still underway we're still organizing it um and 
to your question of how do we make sure that uh, we involve everyone and all the innovation and all the global elements. Mm. Um, in fact, the global focus and the international focus has been uh, in the forefront ever since I've been involved. So for many years, and also making sure that this is this is a diverse conference that mm. caters to all of our members, um, regardless of their age, their ethnicity, their background, their um, you know which is it is it warehousing, is it transportation, and also their uh, experience in supply chain. So we have young professional uh, we have events as well as. Um, uh, presentations that are maybe for the sea level and we have presentations that cater to everyone mm. so we want to make sure that uh, we can go go with the with with the industry and with the innovation of the industry and uh, while serving all of our members and and even people who are not our members yet but will be our members too all right how many how many members are there in csmp right now uh, so on our LinkedIn page, we have 30,000 followers. Wow. So that's that's quite a lot of uh, following. Um, and then uh, worldwide, we have um, about uh, 4,200 members. And okay. um, and our, our membership is is uh, our basis mm-hmm. is a lifeline. And this that's why we do this. Uh, our our um, conference is for the members by mm-hmm. the members. It's a volunteer based organization. Uh, that organizes the conference by um, creating these sessions. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, and, and I'm really looking forward to it. Well, let me wind up with just, you know, just sort of the last like kind of parting thoughts. We've, we've really talked about, so, well, first of all, you know, again, I knew this was going to be easy. All of a sudden an hour flies by and we're not even, you know, I could go on for another few hours here. Um, but, you know, your background, um, you're, you, you are the living embodiment, I think, of kind of the uh, uh, current generation of supply chain professionals that are driving the industry forward. And also, you know, again, not to give you all the accolades here, but I mean, not only are you an active participant, but then, you know, in for kites in your professional career, but then you're active in the conference organization. And then you're also a professor teaching this to students. So, I mean, you, you, you touch all aspects of it. And therefore, you know, I think you've got such a unique view, right. From, people coming into supply chain to what's going on in supply chain to what's mm-hmm. happening in the future for supply chain. Um, you know, un- unlike most people, cause you touch all aspects of it and live and breathe it. So that's really cool. Really cool. Thank you. Thank yeah. Well, absolutely. I think it's just awesome. And then, so, so, you know, tell me, what do you, what, what do you think? I mean, what's, what's, what's on, what's on, you know, tap for whether it's CSMP or even for, we haven't talked a lot about for kites or anything like that. Like what do you see happening or even just supply chain? What are you, what are you, what are you looking forward over the next six to 12 months? Cause certainly everyone's kind of, trying to look past COVID and what the new world's going to look like. I mean, what, what, what are your sort of, you know, crystal ball predictions that's going to happen in the next 12 months? I, I'm very optimistic. Mm-hmm. I, I, have, oh, I have always been an optimistic person. So I can tell. But I do think we will come out stronger on the other end. Uh, and, uh, you know, I work for a, a supply chain technology company and we talked about this earlier these kinds of technologies and, and data will be essential in the future. So I see a very bright future for companies like Forkites and others. Um, also supply chain consulting, even though they cannot travel right now and they're sitting at home, they will be very much needed here very mm. soon, you know. Um, and and CSCMP membership is, um, is comprised of all of these individuals and so if someone's not a member of csmp they should become a member because this is where these opportunities will arise and we will find each other um and um people want to work with people they know and like mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> and so it's uh, it's it's a wonderful organization of, and and group of people but uh yeah so technologies will be very much um on the on the rise here mm-hmm. to, to supply chain technologies also um our, our, you know, our people, you know, I've been thinking about this for a long time uh, because supply chain is comprised of people, uh, the warehouse teams. I, I actually was responsible for uh, teaching Lean and Six Sigma and continuous improvement to about uh, 3,000 um, employees at Ace Hardware, all of the warehouse workers. So I traveled around the, the distribution centers uh, and and taught people and worked with them and went on second shift and 
and you know picked orders and and um, became friends with everyone you know they are the the essence of our industry mm-hmm. and and we are going to have to pay attention to our people cross training uh you know because there's there's something called automation and robotics that is coming up but um nothing will work uh without people yep. and so um that people element, that uh, social element is going to be extremely important here for our supply chain. So I, I see that for sure. And the, the people-based leadership. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought about what I'm going to tell you. And that was one thing that I wanted to tell you today is that in my experience, I've seen two different kinds of companies. Mm. Uh, I've seen companies that were short-term focused, uh, watching the profits and the processes. And I've seen companies that were short-term as well as long-term focused, watching mm-hmm. their processes as well as their people. Mm-hmm. And honestly, no, anyone you ask, they will tell you they belong to that second group. But if you really look, uh, you can see who belongs to the first and who belongs to the second. Yep. And, um, and the long-term focused companies who pay attention to their people and respect their people, um, as I mean, my experience is really not that long. Some of my mentors have 30, 40 years of experience and they, they can tell you that the long-term focus companies are winning at the end. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's almost like a long-term investment, right? Versus right. short-term investment, right? Yeah. You know, you take a long-term view, uh, you're going to win, you know, 99 times out of 100. So couldn't agree more. Well, listen, Susie, so, so thank you so much. I mean, this has just been awesome. Your Your insights, your career are just, you know, exemplary um, you. You, clearly you love supply chain it's infectious so I'm, I'm, people are going to just pick that up in this so you know that's awesome and i also want to point out and i think you're you know wide open to this too is you're also a, an incredible virtual networker so on linkedin you know if people are listening in want to tune in and just reach out to you on linkedin i know you're open to that uh, Susie bodner b-o-d-n-a-r um, and they can also find you at Four Kites, uh, which is, you know, a, a, a really interesting kind of logistics platform um, technology, which I think, you know, you're in the middle of, and that's a great space to be in. And then, of course, the conference participation in your education. I mean, you're, 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 you're all over the place. So I don't even know when you have time to sleep. Um, <laughs> so credit, credit, credit to you. You've just got great energy. So thanks again. Thank you so much. Thanks for participating. And I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you, Richard. It was wonderful to talk to you.